Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media, and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels: The Hand Network. Check it round table, and also the Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses r o s e s out of the snow o u t o f s n o w at gmail dot com, and you can support us also on Venmo. the The connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are one one four three. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing the Thai BL drama series "Until We Meet Again," episode twelve. Peeps, this is one of my favorite episodes. Although I will say, if you are very careful with your kids, you might not want them to see this episode. Although I, quite frankly, didn't see any need to fast forward through anything in this episode. But again. Use your judgment. Consider the age of your kids, etc., and then just you know make your own decisions there. This episode is about P. Dean and Farm and Team and Win going with P. Dean's swim team, who he's the president of, to basically go have an outing in camp. P. Dean arranged it so that Farm could come with them. Again, nothing really happens in this episode except they have a bit of a romantical moment, both between Team and Win, and also between P. Dean and Farm. But again, it's handled pretty well, I thought overall, and also with a great deal of thought. And I'm going to go into that later on in this episode, but not right now. This episode opens with everyone getting on the bus, getting ready to go, and you know they're actually on the journey when this episode opens because it started in、um, episode eleven is when they start the trip. However, getting everybody on and off the bus is quite an endeavor, and the thing I think this episode really brings to light is Win and P. Dean are really good at kind of. Herding the turtles, so to speak, of the swim team. There is also another character who really doesn't get a lot of screen time in this series, who ends up with the character of Manau. I do not know his name, but he is also one of the leaders of the swim team, and it's kind of funny to watch them all quietly, kind of. Handle managing, handling, trying to get everybody back on the bus, everybody off the bus, fed, put into their rooms, etc. And it's quite a job. As the story progresses, in this episode, Farm is、um, enjoying himself at the dam.、Um, Pedine makes sure that he wears a life jacket just because he doesn't really trust Farm's swimming skills, and I really don't blame him there because. 
farm doesn't seem like the best of swimmers. I mean, no offense at all to farm. I'm just going, he really doesn't seem like the swimming type. And so he's kind of setting in the dam, just kind of bobbing. And he kind of pretends to be asleep for a little bit. Well, he's actually having flashbacks of in touch and corn and he sees them talking about coming to go ride on this thing called a floating raft which is kind of cool i've never seen anything quite like it. it's like a large flat barge where you can stick your feet in the water and just kind of float on the water in a solid state and pedin comes and checks on him and goes you shouldn't be falling asleep in the water because you could drown, even in your life jacket. And Farm's like, I wasn't sleeping. I was seeing what had happened before and how Corn agreed to take in touch to go see the floating raft. And by you bringing me here now, he fulfilled that promise. And Pedin's looking at him, he goes, well, I didn't bring you here because of a past promise. I brought you here because I just wanted to spend time with you on this trip. This isn't about the past, this is about the present. Because Pedin is really upset and troubled by the fact that, yeah, they had a relationship as the previous lives of two people, but they're also starting afresh in many different ways. And how do you balance that past history with the present moment? And it's kind of a tricky subject. And so he's trying to deal with that. As the day continues on, Pedin and everyone go out to eat dinner, and then Pedin just decides that he and Farm are going to hit the hay a little quicker than everyone else. They then have kind of a romantic moment, which is kind of funny. I don't know why I find it funny, but I do. I mean, it's kind of like these are the only two shows, this one and Love by Chance, two where I don't really skip the romantic parts because I find them quite humorous. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's not what they were meant to be, but I tend to find them kind of funny. It's kind of like when, if you're watching The Hobbit and you're watching the kind of backstory of it and Aidan Turner is sitting there and he's telling everyone that he thinks Thurman like him because of his broad forearms, I think that's the first time I literally almost fell off the couch laughing because you're going, Aidan Turner is a charming, hilarious person. But the fact that he thought that women liked him because of his broad forearms, I found rather funny considering that he has very small forearms. I'm going, and besides, what do forearms have to do with liking anyone? And I'm sorry, honest going on a digression there, but I get the same kind of feeling when I'm watching something like this because it is funny. I mean, it's like these two people, they don't know how to relate to each other well, and they're trying to figure that out and also not disturb their friends who are in the next room over, etc. And as the story progresses, the one thing I will say about Pedin and Farm that I really did appreciate about their relationship, because I have known several people who have had PTSD. And because I've spent my life, you know, around people who have had that both in my family and as friends, I have seen firsthand what that can do to people. I have seen how it makes them behave in ways that are not typically depicted on film. It can make them freeze up in situations that most people wouldn't even think about. And I really thought this series brought home the fact that like with Pedin and Farm's relationship, with the fact that Farm does have PTSD and he does have panic attacks from it, and he does have trouble breathing sometimes simply because he gets overwhelmed by the past history.
And, you know, I think it's interesting that, you know, Pedean, he still has a little bit of PTSD. Like, there's one moment in this series where he almost wrecks his vehicle because he is totally overwhelmed because he's getting a huge download of memories. And, you know, the thing is, is I think everyone has to deal with a little bit of PTSD. Now, not in the general sense that we're all clinically diagnosed with PTSD. I don't think that at all. But I think there are times in life when things can hit you and you go, whoa. And you know, some of us react differently than others. And the thing that I thought this series really brought home was with Farm and with Pedin's relationship, this was not a normal depiction of a romantic story. Because typically, like, especially in American drama, it's like people meet, typically online, then they date a couple times, then they move in together, then, you know, things happen and they bust apart. And if you listen to my previous episode here on Sundays at Tiffany, I kind of digress into why I think that, you know, commitment before, you know, doing certain things in a relationship makes it healthier is my opinion. And again, it's simply Anna's opinion from having seen some rather big disasters in friends' lives, in families' lives, and saying they're going, you know, what could you do to eliminate that possibility? And, you know, that's what, I I don't know, just an idea there. But anyway, the thing that I really like about Pedin and Farm in their relationship is they go at life gradually. They don't like, you know, try to move in together. Or when they do move in together, it's not like for romantic interest so much as Pedin finds out that Farm is waking up at night totally hyperventilating. And so he's like, I'm going to move in and make sure that, you know, if Farm does have a panic attack and can't breathe, someone's there to pick up the phone to call. He's not moving in for romantic interest or that kind of thing. As they do progress in their relationship, it's like it's a gradual progression. And for my history of knowing people with PTSD and also just knowing people in life, I'm going, that seems the more healthier way to handle things. And like even in this episode with Farm and Pedine, when they do have a romantical moment, it's not like they're, you know, doing things that are over the top romantical. I mean, some people would say they were. I'm saying, you know, in American drama, it would not have turned out that way. I'm just saying. It would have been a lot more intense, as they would say. But anyway, that's why I think their relationship works, is because they do go at life gradually. They do progress normally in a relationship, whatever normal is. I, I personally think it's a setting on a dryer, but, you know, other people have different ideas on that. And that's why I think their relationship is so successful in this show and in its depiction. And, you know, it is one of the most watched BL series, is, I think mainly probably because of the healthiness shown in Farm and Pedian's relationship. The other thing is, as this series progresses, the fact that, yeah, they do move in together and have a romantic life together. But that is after... P. Dean tells Farm, you know, we're going to get married and we're going to make this last and I am not going to, you know, ditch you along the way. And, you know, I think that is what kind of makes their relationship work. I mean, no offense. In most rom-coms, it's like people move in together and then, you know, two, four, six years later say, I'm going to stay with you forever. I'm going, you know, wouldn't it be better if people maybe took a little bit of a life lesson from Until We Meet Again and went there and went, huh, 
you know, maybe committing before you move in together is a good plan because then the other party knows that they're of value, knows that they're going to be there for you. Especially, you know, I don't know, I'm thinking, you know, especially with the PTSD syndrome people, but also with just people in general, and I'm not saying people with PTSD is trying to set them apart, but with Farm and with his issues of trying to deal with the trauma from the past life and trying to, you know, recognize what that means. I think for Farm in particular, having the knowledge that Pedin is going to stay there with him for the rest of his life and not just, you know, move on or die through suicide like his previous life did is going to be his paramount importance, of paramount importance. The other thing is, as this series progresses, there is a scene in the final episode where Farm decides to temporarily pause their relationship because he doesn't want them to be together simply because they did have the red thread of fate. And he actually has a scene where in his mind he's seeing Pedin cut that red thread and go, you know, we're not tied together by anything by this thread, so we're not tied together. And the thing that Pedin brings up as that episode concludes is, we are tied together by fate, but we're also tied together by more than fate. And it is a choice whether we're together or not, and we have the ability to make that choice, but having the ability to make that choice with fate in conjunction with it is a good thing, not a bad thing. And I think that's why I like this series so much, and this episode I really did enjoy. Also, there is a funny scene with Team and Win as well. After dinner, when they're at the resort, Team gets super intoxicated and ends up on the porch of Farm and Dean's cabin trying to bang on the door and bother them. And Wynn walks over and go, he gets everyone else. Wynn is going around the entire resort making sure that everybody from dinner who had too much to drink, except for him, and P. Dean and Farm, gets back to their cabin, gets into their cabin, etc. I mean, that's what I love about Wynn. I'm like, you know, he seems like this cavalier person, but he's also the only one that's going around making sure that everybody makes it back to their resort room. And then he comes and sees Team, and Team is just sprawled out with his potato chips on Pedine and Farm's porch. And he's like, Team, you are in no condition to be banging on Farm and Pedin's door. And if you are worried about Farm, okay, you need to worry about yourself because you're drunk and you've got potato chips. And, you know, you really do need to just go back to your room. So he lugs Team back to their room, puts him on the bed, and he says, and please, Team, go take a shower, get ready for bed, etc. He's just kind of like, you know, just just go and do what you need to do. And as they're having that moment there where Team Win is trying to get Team ready for bed, etc., Team looks at Win and goes, I'm I'm disgusting, aren't I? And Team and Win looks at Team and goes, No, you're not disgusting, okay? And they have this moment where Team is kind of trying to flirt with Win and Win is trying to flirt with Team and they're both very uncertain about the whole thing. And I really like one part of this moment though, because there's a scene where Team is like, you're always teasing me, Wynn. You never are serious. And Wynn's like, if I was serious, what would that mean to you? What would that, you know, how would that affect you if I was being serious? Because maybe I'm being jocular because I'm frightened of your reaction if I was serious. And they kind of sit there with that for a moment. And you kind of see into Wynn in a way that you aren't able to see into Wynn usually. Because his walls are up and he's usually very, you know 
hunky-dory, as we would say. And then I really liked what happened next in this episode with them, because Wim basically looks at him and he goes, you know, you can't be afraid of me, and you can't be afraid of my feelings for you if we're going to be in a relationship. You can be afraid of everyone else on the planet. You can be afraid of everything else on the planet. But if we're going to possibly be together as a couple, you cannot be afraid of me. And they just kind of sit there and think about that for a moment. And it really got me to thinking because I'm going, you know, I never really thought about, and I mean, it's kind of one of those duh moments, really, when you think about it psychologically. But when relationships go wrong, it's typically because people are afraid or uncertain of the other party. I mean, it's not that there aren't relationships go wrong when there are no doubts and no fears. Because I'm going, well, you know, I've met some couples who bust up because somebody had an affair and there was no doubt or certainty there, but they still busted up because, well, you know, there's certain things that don't work well in a relationship and that, you know, with the other party isn't going to work too well. But that fact of thinking about and going, you know, you can't have fear in any of your relationships and have it be healthy. I think, you know, when I've looked back over my life, most of my relationships that I've had that are with really good friends, I've never had to doubt them. I mean, there really isn't, you know, I, you know, my friends are kind of an open book. I mean, they know where I stand. I know where they stand. And, you know, I think that's what really makes people tick well together because if you don't have any doubts or fears with the people that you are around then you can you know have that relationship be good like even at work with your colleagues if you know where you stand with them and they know where you stand there's a lot less that can go wrong at work or and you know that involves a level of vulnerability because it is easy to hide ourselves and try to pretend to be more than we are, or less than we are, as the case may be. But the truth at the end of the day is, that scene between team and win, I really wish that we could take that clip and put it at the beginning of, you know, pretty much every meeting or every relationship discussion, and just go, you know, if you eliminate the fear, you really do eliminate a lot. And you know, I don't know why this film really just made me rethink a lot of my life. And you know, it really came at a, or actually series, I should say. This series and The Theory of Love, I both saw this autumn. And I really haven't seen, I had not seen any BL drama before this autumn because I simply didn't know about BL drama. It just wasn't something that I knew about because I was born in the U.S. And also I did not have a lot of experience with Asian drama at all until this past year and a half. And with that in mind, actually I have to thank Bob for introducing me to Asian drama because she brought home The Bride of Hebeck and I was like, wow, I had no idea that Asian drama could be this cool. I mean, the only Asian drama I had seen before this really was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is absolutely an amazing film, but it's not the same as some of the others I've seen that make you ask really good questions. I mean, not that that one doesn't make you ask good questions, but anyway, I digress. But the theory of love and until we meet again, in my opinion, like if I were going to sit down and watch movies with my kids that would maybe make us have something that we could have really good topic discussions on, and not because I'm trying to moralize with my children or anything like that, but because like, in my opinion, 
The best shows are the ones that leave you with really good conversations that you can have with friends, with hands, with families. I mean, those are the shows that I enjoy the most because you can sit there and you can talk about them and you can go, how does this affect my own life? How does this affect my family's life? How does this affect my friend's life? And I really think that until we meet again and the theory of love have really changed the way I think about a lot of things. Or maybe the better word is solidified the way I think a lot about things. In my personal life, in my professional life, it really has made me ask some really good questions and also to, you know, have those statements, to sit there and go, you know, if there's relationships in my life that I am uncertain about the other party or that there's a little bit of a fear factor because you really don't know where they stand, then you need to sit there and go, what am I going to do with those relationships? Now, it doesn't mean that you dissolve the relationship, but it does mean that you sit there and you acknowledge that there's some issues there. You acknowledge that there's some problems and you hopefully work to address those issues. And that takes a great deal of vulnerability and that takes a great deal of courage. And you know, it takes more courage and vulnerability than most of us ever thought we could muster, but is it totally worth it in the end? Unequivocally, yes. I mean, if there's one thing that I've seen in the past few months, you know, as things have happened with 2020, as life has changed, because, you know, I think 2020 was a difficult year for everyone. I mean, everybody I speak to, and I work in, you know, with the public a lot, not physically because of the COVID, but in other ways, and also just in life with my colleagues, with my friends, with my family, it has been an interesting year. A difficult year and you know COVID was part of it but it wasn't all of it I mean this was a year that tested people's metal M-E-T-T-L-E in ways that you know we weren't expecting and if there's one thing I think we've all learned from it is I have seen people do incredible things this year that you know just surprised me with, you know, they're awesome people, but the fact that they could respond to the issues that have come up in the way that have, have has shown me that they're even more fantastic and awesome than I possibly imagined. Like, how can you be even more awesomer than you already are? But you know, people can be. And I think that's one thing about difficulties is difficulties, yeah, they're unpleasant. They, you know, take a lot of courage. They, you know, you sit there and go, why do we have to have difficulty? But at the end of the day, they also have the ability to help us realize what we're made of and also what others are made of in good ways, not in bad ways. And that's, I think, a really cool thing. And I'm sorry, this is a very long podcast, folks, but I don't know how I got on that direction, except it was about Until We Meet Again and the fear factor. But anyway, that is my review of Until We Meet Again, episode 12. And I just really like the series. Again, I personally would be fine sitting down with my kids in this episode. Some people would have trouble with it because there are a couple romantical scenes between Team and Win and Pideen and Farm. Um, I will say they're pretty mild in my opinion and nothing really happens except they end up, you know, I don't know, it's, I think it's from the show Together, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm really looking forward to seeing, where there's one character that is always telling the other one, I'm going to kiss you to death. And really that's kind of all that happens in this episode, is Padine and Farm kind of have a, I'm going to kiss you to death, this, and, and so do Wynn and um, Team. 
But other than that, nothing really happens. And in my opinion, I find it kind of funny. Um, other people would be having issue with it. But again, just make your own judgment calls. I would give this episode a 10 out of 10 just because I really liked how it dealt with some serious issues. And I really liked how they resolved uncertainty in the relationship of team and one especially. Also, for those of you who don't know, they are making a new series in 2021 called Until We Meet, which is just about team and win's relationship. I am really looking forward to that series as well because it basically goes along the same timeline as the Until We Meet Again series. However, it's just about team and win and how their relationship developed. It also explains the trauma that team came from and also the unworthiness that Wynn had to deal with and why he had to deal with it. And I think that's going to be really interesting to kind of see play out on the screen. I personally think Bound and Prim are absolutely hilarious together as actors. Um, I'm not into the whole fandom regarding them, but I really enjoy their camaraderie on the screen, and I think that they are absolutely hilarious in their interviews. But again, I just don't get the whole fangirl thing. So if you Google them on YouTube with Bound and Prim, you're going to get a lot of weird videos and go, you know, if especially if you're a Western viewer who is not familiar with the whole fangirl thing, you're going to go, what is this all about? And what does this have to do with the price of eggs, as we say, where I came from. And, you know, that's my opinion of it. But, you know, other people, teach their own. I will be totally okay with that. But I'm just saying, and really, it doesn't matter if I'm okay with it or not. But anyway, you know, I enjoy them as a couple in the show, mainly because they add a levity to a somewhat harder, more serious subject matter of the Until We Meet Again series. And also, I think the fact that Team is Farm's best friend, basically, and Wynn is Dean's best friend, and that also they both ended up with, um, the friends ended up together as partners. And I think um, P. Dean and Farm, basically, they end up getting married. I don't know about Team and Wynn and how their relationship played out. I'm going, you know, that one had a lot more ups and downs, possibly, for it than the other two. But anyway, I really liked how those two groups were friends, and they could relate to one another in the series as friends, as colleagues, as cohort courts, as it were, and that they added to one another in that way as well. And that is my review of Until We Meet Again, episode 12. Check it at the round table. Bye! Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Roundtable, and also The Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website, that's onacar.com, that's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. 
you can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F-S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The the connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are one one four three. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.